This is Armand Asante. Eric Newman. Eric Hansen. This is Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Hi, this is Glenn Case. Nick Perdomo. Nicholas Perdomo Jr. This is Jerry from Ben and Jerry's. This is Jim Young from Davidoff of Geneva. This is the Cigar Authority. (laughs) The authority. Are you saying pal? On everything cigar. (laughs) In. I get it. And out of the cigar industry. I know what it entails, and I'm ready to nail it. With your host. You're you're, you're funny. (laughs) David Garofalo. I'm funny how? Like I'm a clown, I amuse you? What the f***? so funny about me. Tell me. Mr. Jonathan. Damn it. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? For the last time, anything you put on that prompter, Burgundy will read. Barry Stein. Sportos, motorheads, geeks, bloods, wasteoids, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. And Chuck Morrison. I am 35 years old, and I live in a van down by the river. It's time to light him up. It's time for the Cigar Authority. Light him up, light him up, light him up, everybody. October 10, 2015, broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Studios. In this week, the road to this brand, El Wawawense. Huh? This is tough. Yeah. El Wawawense. Anything? Nothing. You've got nothing. Anyway, it's passionate if you ask me the, um, uh, where some brand owners go from cigar smoker to slapping a band around a cigar, and then they're a, a brand owner. Nick Malillo took the long road from a retail clerk to a factory worker, to a master blender at one of the largest premium cigar producers in the world, Drew Estates, and now finally to a brand owner. It's a long road, and I think it's going to pay off for him. I spent a little time with him today, just getting to know him. I never knew him before. Nick Malillo from Foundation Cigar joins us live here on the Cigar Authority. Welcome, everybody. You are listening to the Cigar Authority, the only radio show in the U.S. and, yes, the world that is always broadcast on location. You tune in at thecigarauthority.com. I skipped a bunch of stuff. This is what happens when I don't read it. We are the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist. We demand that you light up along with us. Now you tune in at thecigarauthority.com where you can watch us live or catch the podcast on demand at any time. Simply find us on iTunes or YouTube where you can set it and forget it on both. I was practicing before the show. El Wawense. El Wawense. I got it. And then you even I wrote it. it phonetically. I know. And you, I, I write it phonetically every time. You it's add. Extra letters and there's a reason for it. Syllables. I thought it was the craziest thing. Then I get to talk to Nick, and I understand we have to keep it the way it is. And there's reasons for it. Nick will come on and tell us about it. But we're going to uh, smoke the Churchill, C H U R C H I L L. Churchill, right? Yes. <laughs> it's the Churchill. And um, uh, I have one actually going right here, but I'll put this one down and start all over again anyway. But uh, very, very interesting brand, very interesting cigar, and uh, we're going to have Nick on to tell us about it. This is part of the Cigar Authority Care Package. If you're a member of the Cigar Authority Care Package, you'll find it in there. We urge you to light up along with us. Give it a try. See if you get the tasting notes that these guys uh, do. We have Chuck Morrison, who is uh, away with the Patriots today, but Barry Stein is behind the wheels of steel over there. He's doing the producing in case things get messed up. You can blame. (laughs) Can you breathe yet, Barry? Yes. Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay. All right. We'll home. see what happens when I read the first copy. There we go. So uh, let's give it a cut and light and see what this thing is all about. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand, while all other cigar brands were raising prices, it was Perdomo that 
cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered their prices. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. 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 And this is uh, Ring Gauge Barry. This is a 7 by 52. 52? 48. 48. Yes, this is okay. a 48 because this is really a Churchill. Okay. This is the right size of what a Churchill is, but everybody goes automatically to 50. Right. But you go, you know, and you're going to see this about Nick that he, he's. He seems to have a problem with Churchills. Can't spell it, doesn't no, but, get the size right. But this is correct. <laughs> this is correct. No, he needs a proofreader over there. And well, the, we what, we're, what we're alluding to, there's I a little bit of an to that. inside yeah, joke here. Uh, on his, he's got these beautiful statues that he brought in, and they're very, they're adorned with headdresses and yeah. outfits, and it's crazy. And then he's got these pull-up posters that stand between the statues, and Churchill is misspelled on both of them. Yeah. So, yeah. and then he, on his copy, he gets the size wrong on the Churchill, so he obviously has a problem with Churchills. Okay. He, it's just not just about making cigars. He's on the other end of it now, and the logistics of it that he thought just happens by itself. You see that there's, there's people <laughs> proofreading and things, and that might be a tough part that he has to work on, maybe. Maybe. We'll see how that goes. So let's give it a, a cold draw. Let's see what this cigar tastes like before we even light this thing. Vanilla and caramel. Yeah. This is Honey Nut Cheerios. Obviously. Obviously. Honey Nut Cheerios. If you take a Honey Nut Cheerio and you put it in your mouth so that the, the hole is kind of pointing out and you can breathe in through the Honey Nut Cheerio, that's this all day long. It's a little sweet. There's a little sweetness to it. That's all you got. Yeah, I don't get into the things that you guys get into. There's a little sweetness to it. Could it be a cereal type of dry taste? Oh, maybe. No. So we're going to light up with uh, the Vertigo Bomber. This is the bomb. Full metal jacket. It's got a big-ass bullet punch to go along with its patented big-ass tank, which Barry, you did a nice job with the commercial last week. I have to say I listened to the show, and you did, you did do me justice with the big-ass tank. But I not, appreciate it. It's not patented. It's patented. And they, and they do not have that in their literature at all. Uh, Barry Statstein said it's patented, therefore it is patented. Uh, it's a triple jet. You're feeling all right. Usually I don't get compliments from you. Well, usually you don't do the right thing and say big-ass tank, and you did, so. You get it. You now get I it. actually feel bad about the little line I have written later in the show. Ah. <laughs> You're going to slap him around a little bit. Of he, course. He missed you last week because there was nobody to slap around. Well, it was obvious there was a void. Okay, so everybody light this up that has it. We sent about 200 of the care packages out there last month, and this was part of it. Uh, if you're interested in the care package, it is four cigars for $19.99, includes shipping. Lots of listeners have requested a sample pack for cigars that are going to be smoked on the show. Um, so we actually put something together. So to towards the end of each month, we ship four cigars that will be featured on the following month. This is one of them. If you're interested in doing it, you'll see on the Cigar Authority on the right-hand side, care package, click it, fill out your information. We're going to charge you immediately. At the end of the month, we'll ship the cigars out. We'll continue to charge you every month until you say, I give up. For the I rest quit. of your life. So uh, you won't give up because you see the value. Oh, they're getting double, sometimes triple their money. Yeah. <clears throat> like I, got asked, I got asked by a uh, faithful listener yesterday. I took a swing by the Nashua location, and a listener said, how long can you guys possibly keep this up? There is no question you're losing money. And I said, oh, we're losing money, all right. We will keep it up uh, until I can't take it anymore, and I won't stop doing it, but I will stop taking memberships of it. 
So I'm warning you. If you're a regular listener, you're interested in doing it, there's going to be the day that I say enough. We're going to draw our line in the sand, and he'll be on some magic number or something, 500 or whatever, uh, because uh, Barry puts the things together. I mean, it's worked. Uh, yeah, it, I can't take credit for it. A lot of it's done by Ed and Pete over at the Nashville yeah. location packing up the cigars. All right. I got the flavor right here. You got your bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. You put your... Uh, you still got it even though you yeah, like the cigar. You put the, you put the milk in. You eat the whole bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. And at the end, for whatever reason, before you drink the milk, put a little bit of fresh ground, triple peppercorn pepper in there. It's got the three different colors. You grind that there's, up, there's a then pep- you drink the milk. There's a pepper. You there's got a- the cream, you got the pepper, you got the honey, and you got the uh, and you got the oats, <laughs> the crickets, <laughs> and you got the crickets. Welcome back. Bar- Barry says no. <laughs> Barry doesn't say no. He just wanted to push the cricket button. Do you do you use the spoon to drink the milk, or do you pick it up and you extend the pinky finger? The, yeah, that's the only way to go. You got to be fancy about it. Pinky's up. <laughs> Pinky's up. <laughs> So for those curious, today's cigar has a uh, Nicaraguan Corojo uh, 99 wrapper and binder from Jalapa. And the filler is uh, Nicaraguan Corojo 99 and Criollo 98 from Jalapa and Esteli in Nicaragua. So this is a Nicaraguan Puro, all Nicaraguan binder filler wrapper. Nick Melillo is known, a.k.a. as Nicaragua. He's wearing Nicaraguan clothes. He's a paisano, Melillo, right? You're an Italian guy. He's, in a, he's a paisan, but he throws it all into Nicaragua and Spanish. But uh, not, not a whole lot like, of tobacco grown no, in like, Italy. And there's like four Italians left in this industry, but they're all going to the Spanish end of it and leaves me hanging. I'm just hanging out here by myself as an Italian. Yeah, look out for the Turks. <laughs> always, always. So, uh, yes, I have pepper. There's no doubt about it. There's Especially through the nose on the retro hail. And... Uh, I'm not going to cough. I'm going to try not to cough, but... We'll leave that for Jonathan. Right, but a uh, lot of pepper, early pepper. You're not getting the sweet? You're not getting the creamy? I did w- before I lit it up, but right now I got a pepper, early pepper bomb here, and we're doing the Churchill. I've done uh, every size of this already. Do you have a favorite yet? The thicker one. Okay, that's the only one I haven't had. Really? Yet. I haven't had that, nor the Torpedo. So this is my third size here. Okay, you got a mailbag. So Let's far, take care of a couple mailbags here. Yeah, do I have a mailbag? You got I a stack of mails. Fifty mailbags. Well, you right weren't now. here last week, so we got to none so of them. So you I apologize to our listening audience here, Frank and Sean. Your, your mailbag is somewhere buried in this pile. All right, bang uh, out a couple anyway. Following was submitted through the contact us page of thecigarauthority.com, and Jason writes, uh, "Mr. Jonathan should be more worried about his tweets of the week. His editorial falls flat, and they should be left to David." It almost comes across like Jonathan is a little jealous and wants some notoriety. Number ratings are easy to relate to, while bloggers like Barry tend to rate a little high. We quickly learn who does and who doesn't. An 88 on half wheel is like a 90, whereas a 92 from Barry is that same 90. Very interesting that you read this one that I did give to you, but I yeah. put an X on it for you not actually not to read it because it was slamming you. I don't but mind you, it. You, I like you it. not only take it, you put it on the top the of your first pile. One. <laughs> like, this is the first one I'm going to do. It's nice to see the ones I write get some play. Well, looking at it, I'm like, <laughs> is that a real person on there? Well, Jason, I appreciate your constructive criticism. And wait till you see the next editorial I'm working on. You think that's going to make him stop? (laughs) All you did is fuel the fire. He's going to do all the more. 
you don't even know how he operates. All right. And a good friend, uh, James from Illinois, has a slightly different view on the, the editorial. Uh, also submitted through the Contact Us page, Dave, Mr. Jonathan, Barry, and Chuck. Just a quick observation on Mr. J's editorial. If I were giving it a rating, it would get a well done, and yes, I mean done well. I agree that the concept is a little ridiculous, but I have to, I've passed it around to some of the guys in my shop in Illinois, which uh, shout out to Bull and Bear of Naperville, if I said that right. It got quite the discussion going. Don't be surprised if you pick up a couple of extra listeners out of this. I think you should consider giving cigars peapod ratings. Oh, God. Cigars would get scored based on the amount of peapods tasted from zero up to five. He's somebody that listens. And it would have no bearing on the quality of the cigar itself, but it would certainly fit into your reoccurring theme of tasting Chinese peapods. If the cigar is really good, it gets a General Gao chicken or a poo-poo platter. Ah, come on, Barry. <laughs> hey, it's like all it. in good fun. <laughs> and I hope Mr. J's writes more, in quotes, fluff pieces to counteract David's doom and gloom articles. The cigar consumer needs to laugh once in a while while we watch our rights get stripped away. There we go. Uh, finally, I signed up for the CRA like you told me to, Good. James from Illinois. Thank you, James, for doing that. I'll take one from column A and one from column B. There we go. No substitutions. <laughs> we could do a lot with that. We could. Um, very aromatic. Very, very extremely aromatic. Which Cedary. Would, would, I got lots of cedar coming through the pepper. Interesting that he... Ages and finishes his final product in cedar, which so, I'm sure he'll so, tell us about. So, so I'm correct. You nailed that. There we go. Otherwise, nailed it. Unless you read the, uh, I did not read the pamphlet. I did not. I leave Barry up to give an explanation again when I have the guy himself going to be on here. I'll let him tell us exactly the way it is. But another mailbag. You want to squeeze one more in? Well, you know what? Frank from the studio audience writes to Good. us via the contact us page. He could just tell uh, us right now. But if last okay. week's show showed us anything, this is a couple of weeks ago. A great cigar gets better with some age. In the past, I've heard Dave criticize some brands for shipping cigars that aren't really ready and need to age a bit. A certain Dominican brand that occasionally uses some creative names comes to mind. What, in your opinion, and that's all of you, makes a cigar worthy of putting away? Are there some cigars that really aren't worth aging? And what's the oldest cigar each of you have smoked? Frank, stay smoky. Tagline borrowed from Bo. All right. I smoke cigars from the 50s. Uh, aging is awesome, but I don't think you as a consumer need to buy cigars that can't be smoked because the manufacturer isn't willing to do the work for you. Um, well, his question is, you got a box of cigars that you like. Yeah. Which ones are worth putting away that you think would get better with age? That's his question. Heavier, fuller-bodied cigars age better than mild, mild cigars that tend to fade away. They get too mild. We smoked a 1992 today, me and Nick, this morning. Uh, I think 1988 is the oldest that I've smoked. You had given me a Macanudo from 88. Yeah, yeah. Jamaican. Jamaican yeah. Uh, vintage. That would be the same for me. When I first yeah. started working here, you reached into your uh, collection and gave me one as well. That and the one-off that I had. A Do you age ago. any cigars? No, I don't have the patience. Yeah. I buy them. I smoke them. I buy some more. My problem that happens is I'm good if the box is sealed. Once I break the seal of it, I tend to go to it, and it's a peanut, and I just keep going, and the next thing you know, they're gone. So once I break the seal, I'm in big trouble. So you look, most of them are full boxes, because once I open them up, boom, that's the end of that. Yeah, you even have one of the original 1118s with the screws still yeah, in the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's good. That's actually a good one, because it's a real pain in the butt to actually unscrew them. And that thing. <laughs> like, oh, I'll save that one. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get into it. 
All right, so, yeah, it's interesting. I I will certainly put a box of Orwinse. This is the first production of it. You never know what he's going to do and end up changing something to the band or whatever ends up happening, but it'll be put aside. And then 20 years from now, God willing, I'm still around. Nick's going to come up and (coughs) talk about old times. And uh, I I, I pull the box out, and it's like, oh, my God, you got this. You don't eat cigars for the same reason most people do. You eat cigars to share with the people that make the cigars and share with friends. I've never seen you. I've never walked into your office and seen you smoking something rare that you put aside by yourself. It's completely useless at that point. It's for sharing or giving, but not for yourself by yourself. You you say things like, you know, we'll have a big lunch or something. You go, you want to? You want to be bad? You want yeah. to be naughty? <laughs> yeah. Let's go in the humidor. Let's and you pull it. something great out. There we go. Next Saturday, uh, Avo will be turning 90 next year. And I hear lots of plans going on for the 90th anniversary. Brand manager Scott Colosia will be joining us via Skype. And uh, hopefully we can pull some of that information out there and let you know what's uh, planning on with Avo. they got a lot of uh, new things that are already hit the shelves already. We'll maybe get into some of those this week. But uh, we'll watch for that. So uh, what is our thoughts on El Wawinse? Man, you've got four different pronunciations going on in this thing. El Wawinse. I did it right, right? Well, Wednesday, I think. Close enough. Well, Wednesday. But close enough for you. I I even mentioned this to Nelson Alfonso and showed it to him that it had come in. And and, um, he says, we wouldn't even use that word in Spain. That we wouldn't, you know, you're better off just saying the wise man. Right. But... (laughs) In talking to Nick, he explained why. He wants to stay true to those people. It's very important yeah. why he has all the different uh, things of it. So I understand now, and I, I would do the same. It's tough, and I wonder if that becomes more popular because it's so tough, and those cool kids that actually know how to say it come in and ask for it by name because they know how to do it. You remember in the days when CAO came out, it was cow. They called it every kind of weird name, uh, and then the people that knew came in and Real tough one, C-A-O or something. <laughs> but um, Tatuaje was another one that the, the cool kids came in and they could pronounce it and they would say it almost proudly that they came in and asked for it by name. Will El Wawense be Ah, nice. Huh? Fifth time to charm. There we go. <laughs> well, I'm on my third uh, size here in the Churchill, and uh, I think as of right now, this is my favorite. I started with the Corona, and then I went to the Robusto, now I'm at the Churchill. I'm going to have to smoke the 60 ring later. And uh, I think that's where I started with it. Um, to, to um, you know, I, I had a feeling because this is Liga, the guy with Liga Pavada, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be strong. I'm not going to like it. Uh, not that I don't like Liga Pavada. It's just too full body for me. And you get a little scared. And I go, go to a bigger ring gauge or something. It won't be as, as tough. And, uh it's so not. Far. It's not full bodied. It's medium plus. Yeah. M- medium to medium plus. Uh, we'll see as it as it gets down towards the end of it. Uh, as you see, even the other one, I didn't s- finish smoking. It burns slow. It does. I mean, I got over an hour into this, and I'm halfway done. Well, so you talk a lot. I talk a lot. Barrons. Yes, sir. How do you feel about throwing down the uh, last week's question and answer? Well, it's time for the question of the week. Brought to you by Duran Cigars. When the question is asked, "What are you smoking?" the answer should be Duran. Duran Cigars combines the best quality tobacco fillers from Nicaragua and Latin America with their super premium Habano Criollo Colorado wrapper. Experience the difference, Duran Cigars. Last week we asked if you smoked bundled cigars, and the results are in with 56% of you saying you do not smoke them. Do not. And personally, I think you're missing out. 
Do there not. are some really good bundles out there. I wonder why you wouldn't smoke a cigar that's not in a box. It's not in the box. You can't smoke the box. Right. I think people associate cheap. Cheap is not being good. Yeah. And there are some really good bundles. Well, of you also have the difference between cheap and inexpensive. So, mm. but yeah. with a bundle brand, you are more likely to get cheap than inexpensive, in my opinion. I would say the majority of bundle brands are. There's a reason why they're saving money on the bucks. Right. Right. I, I would say a lot of cigars, you know, and I, I say to customers also, price is a dictator to yeah. how good a cigar is. There's extremes to everything. I mean, right. you can buy the, the five-buck chuck out there or something. And well, you got the in the Roberto Duran line, the Azan, yeah, $4.19. Yep. That cigar is absolutely worth it, but it comes in a box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they put that cigar in a bundle and they ended up saving – Five dollars on the box that it comes in, and lower the price even more. Would pe- people wouldn't buy it? Right, right. So in an expensive box, I'd be less likely to. I'd be less likely to smoke it. Same here. I agree. Well, well, this week we present to you a puzzle. On the table are two cigars with no band. Each cigar is rolled to perfection with a flawless wrapper. One is natural, the other is Maduro. Which one would you take? Ooh. Say that again. On the table are two cigars with no band. Each one is rolled to perfection with a flawless-looking wrapper. One is natural. The other is Maduro. Are you saying natural as a Connecticut shade, light? Yeah, a light versus a dark. Yeah. Which one would you take? I'd take the light. I'd take the light. I would take the dark. Let us know what you think. And the question of the week was brought to you by Duran Cigars. And as always, you can vote on the CigarAuthority.com just above the Duran advertisement. When the question is asked, what are you smoking? The answer should be Duran Cigars. Almost Experience the difference. Almost you like natural and Maduro better. But it's free. It's right there. You've got to take one. We could actually do this experiment. Maybe we could. Maybe we'll do the experiment. Guy comes up and buys a box of cigars, and then you put two cigars. Hey, can I have one of these? Which one do you want? And run a little promotion during the week or something, a little test of 100 people. So we end up giving 100 cigars away to people to buy boxes and see what ends up happening and report back, get the report of what the people say, and then tell you what actually really happened. I think there should be a third choice. Punch the guy on the other side of the table in the face and take them both. There we go. <laughs> That's the one I want to do. I'm, I'm going to go with our listenership. It's going to tend towards the darker one because... I believe it, so. Yeah, because it's more the geeky person that's listening to the show. See, I'm going to say that the 80-20 rule still plays into effect here, that 80% of our listeners lean toward mild cigars because 80% of cigar smokers lean toward milder cigars. Well, let me ask you this question. If we took uh, El Wawense, and last week we had Nelson Alfonso, and we had a Byron, one's lighter, one's darker. They're both on the table with no band. Which one would you take? They're about the same shade, really. No, nah, the Byron's considerably darker. Uh, I don't know about that. This is like this no is band on it. Almost no band. Maduro. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, be, it's going to be. Uh, it's a good question, Barry. Let's see how that plays out. Barry, what's your thoughts on Elwell Wednesday? I know you did a. Um, I, did, a I did a review. I did a pre-release review, and yeah. this past week I did a review on the robusto that came in, and I find the cigar to be extremely flavorful. There's some pepper, there's some sweetness, there's a boatload of cedar. Yeah. 
It's Cedar just, and pepper. I'm, I'm, I'm yet to find a lot of sweetness. I did in the cold draw, but I'm not with sweetness yet. But I think this is a cigar that will age well. I think it will smooth out a little bit and may even become a little bit more robust. See, I think cedar is the sweetness that I'm tasting. Cedar has a, a, a sweet finish to it. It's very aromatic, and you process that flavor both through your nose and on your taste buds at the same time. To me, that's that sweetness. I love the that aromatic I'm that I'm picking up on the cigar. Must um, be using a lot of mid-priming tobacco. Yeah, it it, it uh, smells fantastic. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, he sold his cigars in re- he sold cigars in retail shops in New England, actually Connecticut. But Nick Melillo didn't stop there. He moved to Nicaragua, learned about tobacco, and became a top blender and creator of some of the most sought-after cigars in the world. Nick Melillo has his very first cigar that he owns. He calls it El Wawinse. Uh, Toughest name in the cigar business, but it is getting a lot of attention. We're going to see why. Nick joins us live. When we return, you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. (laughs) What about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next. How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yet costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Genius! (laughs) Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. When you light a Davidoff cigar, you set aglow the richest tradition of cigar making in the world. You release craftsmanship achieved by our investment in that most precious of commodities, time. The time it takes to create a Davidoff cigar as it passes through 600 hands before it arrives in yours. The time it takes to age and mature the tobacco which fills a Davidoff cigar, sometimes as much as 10 years. The time it takes to hand-pick, hand-roll, and then carefully hand-check each individual cigar before it is fit to wear the legendary Davidoff white band. In every second of enjoyment, there are decades of experience. In every way, it is time beautifully filled. Cigar smokers, how about if we go over a few cigar store sounds? Can you guess what this is? Think you got it? Okay, do you know what this is? Now for the cigar. What do you think of this cigar? I'm lighting up a Lagiana Havana cigar. The Lagiana Havana natural cigars are, oh yeah, so smooth. And oh yeah, the Maduro version is a bit beefed up. But oh yeah. They're delicious, too. When asked what my favorite cigar is, I always say it's La Giana Havana. 
Oh, yeah. There was a time when cigars were the hallmark of elegance and success. In this time gone by, the aficionado would revel in opening a beautiful box, only to find their favorite celebratory smoke emblazoned with a heritage-laden band. It's time to put the bundle down and travel back to this golden age. For your voyage, may we humbly suggest the only cigar worthy of being packaged in a handmade marble box. Berlin Wall Series from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? I'm writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake, Jose Dominguez. Not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donut. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more, it's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. Jose And we're back live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Studios. You're listening to The Cigar Authority, a weekly broadcast now over five years running about the cigars and the nonsense surrounding them. Uh, in the cigar industry, Mick, Nick Melillo uh, went another way. He moved to Nicaragua, got into the trenches, learned everything from the bottom up, and now finally made his own cigar that he introduced his own. Uh, it's a ridiculous name, if you ask me, but uh, a serious smoke. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. Welcome, Nick. Guys, thanks for having me. It's, Nicaragua. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. An honor. It's, it's my honor. Um, you certainly did it different. You, you started in retail. Yes, sir. Yeah. 96. So that's awesome because you understand the aspects of the people you're selling it to, right? Definitely. You know what we're up against uh, as retailers. You know the consumer level. You sold to consumers one-on-one. -on -one. Yes. Um, but uh, from there, you, you start traveling, and you end up in Nicaragua, and you get a job working at Drew Estates? Drew Estates, yeah. It was always my dream to become uh, you know, a cigar maker. Wow. Um, yeah. Coming from the great state of Connecticut, you know, mm, tobacco. the only black tobacco, cigar tobacco states, you know, yep. and um, grandfather uh, was a big broadleaf smoker. All the uh, old school uh, Connecticut brands, sure. Topstone, Topper, FD Grave. So sure. I always uh, grew up around the aroma of broadleaf tobacco. So you like cigars. You said, you know what, I'm going to actually become a blender, which is usually a Nicaraguan or something, or a, a Cuban would do it, and you said, I'm going to do this as a, as a gringo. Yes. You know, um, I was a uh, big Padron 3000 fan, Fuente f fan, yeah. um, Puros Indios back in yeah, the yeah. 90s. We talked about that a little bit. 
So to move to Nicaragua and really start to understand where these flavor profiles that I was enjoying, where they were coming from, um, you know, it was a dream come true to now be surrounded by these guys that I admired and read about um, sure. for so many years. Um, 2003, I was in the thick of it. So you, you go to the factory, you, you see Jonathan, and you say, I want to be your master blender, or how do you start that? It, you know, it just sort of happened pretty naturally. So I had met John in the store in uh, 97 when he came out with uh, Samaro around that time yes. and um, was going to school at Quinnipiac University in, in Connecticut studying international business. Left in 2000, uh, worked for the Vatican a little bit, Wow! came back to work on my master's, then went to work for an art renaissance tour. Master's uh, in what? Master's in international business. International okay. business, sociology, and actually history also. So um, I worked on that for a year, running the store, going to class, and uh, then I was offered a job uh, working for an Italian Renaissance art history tour, which I couldn't pass that up. Obviously not. Um, yeah, so it was uh, through a friend of a friend who uh, went to Dartmouth and started this program for high school kids, and we went from Siena to Florence to Rome on this right, art so history you, uh, good. tour. I'm glad you put a little of your Italian heritage. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yes, of course, of course. Works for the Vatican. So the next step from the Vatican is obviously go Drew Estates and, so make, I'm and make acid, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's the next logical yes, step. Um, logical. I was. I then traveled. I bought an around-the-world ticket. I couldn't go back to a classroom after after that, after living in Italy. So I bought an around-the-world ticket from uh, Paris to India to um, Thailand. Then I traveled overland through Laos, Vietnam. Oh, so Jonathan was on my email list at that time. And, um, you know, I was sending out emails. And he was having a lot of issues in Nicaragua at the time. He was traveling a lot, promoting the business. And... Had a lot of issues, and so I think he was receiving my emails from emerging from the jungles of Thailand and because you were basically Laos. blogging about it. Yeah, well, he was on. My, I would send out mass emails yeah, yeah, to yeah. to friends and family at the time, and um, I think he, you know, at that time Nicaragua wasn't quite as popular as it is now. Sure. And uh, I think he said, "Well, if he's in uh, Laos and Vietnam, he'll come down to Nicaragua." So I got an email when I was coming around the world in Japan, and he said, "Give me a call. I obviously have some serious." you know what to talk about. And after being out of the States for a year, got back to the States uh, in February 2003, spent a month in the States, and then went down to Nicaragua for the first time uh, to check out the scene. And Jonathan said, I, I want you to be my right-hand man. Wow. And uh, he said, you want the job? I said, yes, this is, you know, this is a dream, dream of mine. And uh, after a week, he said, all right, I got to go. And I said, where are you going? I thought I'm supposed to be your right-hand man. He said, you'll figure it out. No so, kidding. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, you know, the company was a tenth of its size at that time. Sure. We were oper operating out of three different buildings. And, um, you know, I wasn't uh, an infused cigar smoker. Definitely appreciated from the retail I was level. Gonna, I was going to uh, ask that. That wouldn't be the optimum choice of somebody that says Padron Fuente and acid. No, it wasn't my cup of tea, yeah. but respected it from the retail uh, you know, level, yeah. each his own. And so I'm down there just starting to learn every part of the operation that they had going on at the time. Started to learn how to bunch and roll and really started, you know, getting into tobacco again. You know, in was, your spare time. In my spare time. Um, you know, the company was... was living there full time. Full time, yeah. 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 So I, I was... In Nicaragua, went down. I thought I was just going to be there to check it out, and it didn't leave for three years after Whoa. the first time. I had my stuff shipped down, and 
and uh, three years before I left for the first time. But oh the majority of my time, the longest time I've been in the States in the past 12 years was three months, and that was last year after I left Drew Estate. Yeah. So, so I started getting my hands dirty and learning, uh, you know, the production process and then started with production planning, uh, shipment planning, um, you know, raw material planning. Was there a guy before you, obviously? That you the guy before me uh, almost uh, – shut down the factory they had to shut down the factory this was about eight months before i got on with Uh, that big problem with the big problem with a lot of you know a lot of tight cigars they had been packing too much material in the cigars so um you know john wanted somebody from the state side that had the perspective from the retail i didn't know the production end of things at that time but i was able to approach it from i knew what this final product needed to be so which brings me to my first question if you don't mind given that you were a consumer and a retailer a blender, now brand owner, what part of your life did you draw on most when you were deciding what direction to go uh, with, with uh, El Wawense? Say, say this again? What, what portion of your life from consumer to retailer to blender did you draw on the most when you chose the direction that you went with your cigars? Um, I, I think all of it, pay, you know, played. This is definitely a passion project for me. You know, El Wawense, uh Obviously, I knew the name was a little bit diff- difficult. Um, a little, a little bit. A that little bit be, difficult. That might be the understatement um, of the show, right there. there but go. you know, this is a combination of really, you know, eighteen years of of being in the business and going from retail. Obviously, I haven't been in retail in a long time, so it's now I'm learning a lot of things now, being in this end of the business. Um, so this was this is just really my blending and and my tobacco passion put into a box and my my experience living in Nicaragua for the past twelve years. I just wanted to share this with with consumers and connoisseurs around the world and share my experience. And Did you blend the perfect cigar for you, or do you still have that to go? Um, I'm always growing and, and learning, uh, but this is definitely for me. You know, a cig- I have to love it. If I don't yeah. love it, uh, uh, I'm not going to put it in a box. Um, so for me, this is this is something more along the the Cubanesque style p- flavor profiles that I remembered uh, when I really enjoyed Cuban cigars. Yeah. Uh, to me, they're very light, and there's not much to them these days. Right. So I wanted to go on something. I never really did a cigar um, at Drew Estate that was anything like this because we never worked with Nicaraguan rappers really and um, that was something important for me to do 100% Nicaraguan cigar what was your first cigar you you blended there the first cigar officially for the for the actual company that went to market was actually Kahlua oh uh, wow Kahlua liqueur yeah no kidding it was actually infused brand um, okay but I was smoking in the factory stuff that you know stuff that wasn't on the market yet which was pretty much the onset for for Liga Pravada and and when Steve came on right came right. on board so Makes I had been blend- you could smoke but you'd make a cigar you, for yourself and smoke it oh yeah yeah you'd roll it up and yeah you don't infuse it and say okay this is it no we you know all of the the cigars that you know even though they were infused there was a lot of you know premium grade A sure. tobaccos in them so I was using a lot of those tobaccos and just blending cigars that I would enjoy yeah so. yeah to smoke for yourself yeah. and you did Chateau Real. Yep, working on Chateau Real. I yeah. thought that was a fantastic Chateau cigar. Chateau is a phenomenal cigar, and the, and the Maduro was Yeah, was I, I, I would say and uh, that I was probably the top Chateau Real dealer in the nation. I mean, we I got behind that cigar. I loved it, and uh, it just went bye-bye and was a shame. Yeah, it was, but I thought it was a top, top quality cigar. That was D's high, highest-rated cigar there for, yeah. for a long while. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I never quite understood how you could have a cigar that looked that good for $8. I mean, it was that, that cigar would rival $20 cigars in appearance and draw and flavor all day long. That wrapper was the top end uh, grade A Ecuadorian uh, Connecticut wrapper you could get, yeah. All right, so uh, you're making the Kahlua cigar, and yes. you're doing all the other infused cigars, and now you're not with Drew Estates anymore, so what's the secret? How do you end up doing... <laughs> how do you, <laughs> he actually spit it right out of <laughs> He spit right out of his mouth. Oh, you're out of there. I appreciate the <laughs> yeah. bath. Good thing I didn't get the, uh, the box, but no, I'm sorry. That's all right. <laughs> Oh, man, right. you caught me off first. guard there. So, <laughs> it's not the first time Jonathan's been sprayed in the face these, before. Uh, so. <laughs> these, these pants will be on eBay tomorrow. Uh, as, <laughs> drooled on by the one and only Nick Melillo. Uh, I apologize for that. Yeah. yeah, no one's listening anyway. It's just us girls talking. I'm going to go with uh, he's not answering that question. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> yeah. All right, that went nowhere. But I got to get him when he has too much to drink or something. I've been yeah, I'm not drinking these days. Either. No, yeah, no. So, uh, all right, to, to get to a, a, a easier subject, I guess. Uh, why'd you leave Drew Estates? I just felt it was my time to spread my wings. You know, uh, 37. So I felt like young if I man. waited, yeah, it's young. But yeah. I felt like if I I waited any any longer, it was definitely, um, you know. Uh, a get, risk for me. It was a nice, you know, yeah. comfortable job. Uh, Perfect transition time. I felt it was. Yeah. yeah. You know, I saw, I saw the company was going through changes and that it was, uh, you know, heading down, going the, the sale route. And I said, if I didn't do it now, um, I'd probably never do it. So I wanted to be able to get on the creative side of things and and really work on, on the branding side also, not just the blend. So. I, I would think the natural move would have been for you to go to another factory and say, okay, here's the new factory supervisor, and I can be in charge of your blends, and somebody would have grabbed you in one second. Yeah, there was a lot. You know, I was entertaining a yeah. lot of different possibilities, uh, definitely. And, um, you know, I formed a consulting company after I left called Melillo International, but I focused mainly on uh, tobacco Tobacco growing, fermentation, and tobacco sales, and really working with different farmers uh, from around the world and factories. And now, did you so grow tobacco? I don't grow tobacco personally, but never I did. Never did. No. But I've worked. You know, you buy it. You know, correct. Very active in the the Connecticut Valley. Uh, active in in Mexico, yeah. San Andreas, uh, you, Nicaragua, of course. You're probably one of the largest buyers of tobacco. That was part of your job, is actually to acquire the tobacco, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So the company was was growing. Um, you know, two thousand three, two thousand four. We didn't have uh, much tobacco inventories at that time. Uh, we were airship and bales all around the world. Yeah. And then uh, Mr. Saka came on board yeah. at that time and really helped to start funneling. Uh, you know, the budgets in the right direction to start uh, growing tobacco inventories to prepare for the uh, traditional market, you know? Yeah. Because and having that product on hand was able to grow the business 10 times because you have... Yeah, that was key. Yeah. I mean, that was and definitely you probably key. saved a lot of money and made profit because you're not air-shipping tobacco. You're buying it ahead of Correct. time. Correct. Yeah. yeah, and the prices uh, have just gotten, you know, right continue now. to just soar. Um, you know, I've seen them in Nicaragua just soar, you know, 8 to 10% easy every year as the years have gone yeah. on. So so you have you had a Liga Pavada of late? Recently, you know, I haven't. All the okay. ligas that I have are, are um, at least, I think, two years old. Year yeah, and yeah, half, yeah. So I haven't, 
haven't been smoking. I've been okay. really focused. Just curious to see if you see has they ma- have they made a change to you at all? Or, you uh, know, I I, uh, I can't say. You left. Yeah. Have you have you smoked any? I have. Any I'll, I'll leave that up to you. I'll yeah. Leave that all right. I don't have to try. Yeah. So he doesn't have to spit his coffee all over me. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, just curious if you if you saw what I saw. Or I see it, I see that it changed. Yeah, I saw a few. I just saw them physically um, in a couple stores recently. Um, just saw some of the T52s, and I just saw from a, a aesthetic standpoint, some of them were a little spotty and yeah. the wrappers. And, and, and that was part of you too to approve. Um, yeah, I approved all the tobacco going from f- fermentation piles, um, curing onto the production floor. So a finished rolled cigar, you or you have your people examine it. Make sure so we would, I would actually go to Pilones and roll roll up some cigars and then have some sent to the uh, production uh, production floor and then we'd have them rolled. Steve and I would smoke a lot of them, um, but yeah, I would I would give it the final okay before it, it hit the production floor. So. All right, in the, in the next hour we're going to light up uh, an oldie but goodie. Oh over wow, here. nice! So I pulled that out of the vault over there and we'll see. Beautiful. Uh, what that's all about. You got I, some uh, great vaults. Yes, we do. We got some hidden, hidden away stuff. And what a better time to do it than uh, with, you, with you guys here. And uh, Steve's in our audience over here. So uh, listen on intensively and uh, we'll see uh, what that's all about. Uh, I consider this, and I'm going to get into it in the next hour, is, is a geek stick. It's mm-hmm. something that was made in a small, small production. Uh, you had the tobacco. It's a smaller size cigar, but you chose, or I don't know if you had anything to do with choosing uh, there's only going to be a small amount made for it. Um, is there marketing involved with that? Is, there, is that a marketing thing? Or that a, was a, that was a that was a Mr. Saka. Um, right. That was definitely a Vitola that that Saka came up with. Um, you know, from the Vitola size, I worked on the on the blending side of things, but it was definitely something. You know, from a production standpoint, it's a very difficult size to make. Um, you know, the the finishing on the on the head and the yeah, yeah. the uh, culita there is uh, is very difficult you know so absolutely so can you give us a brief history because you've you've gone over with david and i downstairs but can you give us a brief history of why el wawense so el wawense for me is and for nicaragua is really the heart and soul of of nicaraguan culture um it's it's an image that's everywhere and i've seen it throughout my 12 years and um over the past year um, I was able to read the story. It's a it's a satire dance that's been happening since the 1500s in the south of Nicaragua. Um, what you see here are masks. So it was it's one of the oldest indigenous writings of the Western Hemisphere. Um, it's protected by UNESCO as a cultural uh, masterpiece. Um, and there wasn't anything else to really express to me what Nicaragua and Nicaraguan cultures really all about and Nicaragua has become very popular in the marketplace you know uh, these days it's it's very very popular so I wanted to really share with the market uh, connoisseurs what the heart and soul of Nicaragua culture is and I wanted to do 100% Nicaraguan puro so filler binder wrapper 100% Nicaraguan um, not something I've done over the past 12 years so Nicaragua it's difficult to roll grow wrapper tobaccos there's not a lot of high yielding wrapper tobaccos because of the sun exposure because of the the soil and climate there's not a lot of wrapper grade tobacco crops it's heavier thicker great filler so it was important for me to work with um with agonorsa because they grow some of the the finest uh nicaraguan wrapper tobacco out in the market to really come out with 100 percent nicaraguan nicaragua puro so uh, i worked with my art director uh uh, Alex Garcia and um, 
he really did a phenomenal job on the graphics. We did everything by hand and then moved it over to, to the box. I didn't think there was any way to really do this packaging style than in that traditional Cuban filete style, sure. style packaging. Um, so I traveled uh, about a year ago uh, to the south of Nicaragua to see this dance for, firsthand um, and to see what the Wawense is all about. And it's, uh, is it like a festival? It they, is a festival. Yeah. It's, it happens every January 20th that week at the Festival of San Sebastian. Um, so it's really this indigenous and Catholic uh, mixture of cultures. So it happens in front of a church in the south. And um, there's many dances within Nicaragua. El Wawense is just one of them, but it's the most well-known uh, and protected. So it happens every year um, in front of the church. So we were able to see that. And we, we shot some great uh, video that we have on our YouTube page, Foundation. Um, there's a three-part series called The Man Behind the Leaf. And uh, the third video talks all about the brand. And we actually filmed down at the festival so you can see it firsthand. So I don't know if you know, Mr. Jonathan is a legend of dance. Yeah, I heard that. This <laughs> legend of dance. I heard this. It's you dance living, the El Wawense? living legend. legend. Let me not get and, that uh, wrong. No, El Wawense is not one of the <laughs> yeah. uh, styles of dance. Can you I, put that on? Can you do that for I, us? Now, I know you're getting inducted into the Hall of Fame next week. Are you really? Yeah, uh, two weeks, yeah. Two weeks. Wow, congratulations. You come back and you do the in front of our studio audience and for those watching uh, via video. Can we put some tunes on later? We, no? uh, we, we, may, be, we, may, we may have a surprise or two up our sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> do you need a partner? You have some, uh, some ladies? Some, he would be happy ladies. to dance with a man. Yeah? Yeah, he has no problem <laughs> yeah, right. with that. Not that there's anything wrong yeah. with that. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. We got another Seinfeld fan on it. Yeah, we go. Tippy toe. Tippy toe. Here we go. <laughs> All right. So the given that the majority, the vast majority of cigar smokers lean toward a milder cigar, yeah. is a milder cigar in your future? Would it be a line extension of El Wawense, or do you have something coming down the pipeline that's a separate brand? Um, it's, there's definitely separate brands coming down the pipeline. Um, I don't know. It w I would have to see uh, potentially an El Wawense line. Um, possibly. Uh, I need mild. You know, like mild. I huh? need mild. I would definitely love to uh, blend a, a Connecticut shade, uh, you know, Connecticut shade cigar. Boy, that Chateau Real was a home run. Just throwing it say. out there. Taking yeah. nothing away from this, um, it started off very early aggressive to me. Yep. It, it calmed down. I'm really enjoying it now. The beginning, it was a, it was a pepper bomb. Yep. Uh, lots of cedar. Uh, Jonathan was saying something that you end up using a lot of cedar through its aging or something? Well, in the, this is actually the first time I'm using actually um, cedar cedar cabinets to age the cigars. So okay. the cigars are all aged. Taste it. I mean, there's no doubt Nicaragua about it. Nicaragua cedar? Yeah. Nicaragua cedar, yeah. yeah. It's known yeah. for its aromatic properties. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Jonathan's an expert when it comes he, to wood. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Do you respect wood? He does. Do you respect wood? A lot of respect. Every morning. All right. You uh, respect wood. The, um, so Agonosa's uh, is the farm, and their, and their factory is where you make this, you have the cigar made. Correct. Um, Topsa, it's called. Yeah. Are you, how deep are you getting into that? Are you overseeing the? I'm it, deep. Deep. Uh, yeah, I'm deep. Yeah, I'm deep. Yeah, you know, it's, it's they love that. Right? It's, it's my uh, deep wood. Um, wait, yeah. Where is this going? Yeah. Um, no, I'm very involved. Um, those guys have been incredible. Eduardo has really opened up his doors, uh, access to his tobacco inventories and the production floor. So I have my quality control team working together with these guys that are now involved. Um, bunchers and rollers. You know, I, I know a lot of 
uh, over the years, a lot of rollers and bunchers. Um, so they've been they've been phenomenal. Have you bumped into people that used to work for you at the other place? Oh, of course. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because oh, they're yeah. so far away from where you are. It's like a three-hour ride to... No, yeah, no, no, everybody's there. Everybody's close by. Oh, yeah, right. I know it's right. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I'm probably a five minute drive from oh. all the factories there, and uh, everything's okay. pretty close in Esteli. So, okay. So, um, you know, I've worked with a lot of people over the past twelve years. So, so, so you're hands on and very hands on. Earlier on, you know, you're not a, a brand owner um, like a lot of people are out there. That you know, here's the bands and stuff, make the cigars, and that's it. It's it's not that no, at all. Sir, no, sir, no, it, sir. It, very. Very yeah. hands-on. You know, Arsenio Ramos is one of the uh, sure. Cuban gentlemen that, sure. that works at uh, Topsa there so, and from the tobacco standpoint uh, from, from Aganorsa. So I've, I've known those guys since 2003 in Eduardo, so I've been purchasing tobacco from them for, for many years. So it's it's been great to work on them, with them on uh, a production standpoint, and they've pretty much said mi casa, su casa. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so do you um, see any holes in the industry that you'd be looking to fill? Uh, strength profile, tobacco usage. I really love to. You know, that's something I'm, I'm learning now that I'm spending a little bit more time on this end of the business, and, and would love to learn from you guys to to see what those holes or what you know consumers are really looking for to to sort of fill those yes. those voids. Um, Some companies are doing well be, uh, despite themselves, but because there's not competition in that specific area, and a lot of people go into the same thing uh, in the same t- um, taste profile, and they're grouped in, so there's only so much. You yeah, strong there. cigar smokers make up about 20% of the entire gotcha. industry, so you, everybody seems to go out swinging for the fences with something on the stronger side. Yeah. Really, I think a hole in the industry uh, for new cigars is coming out with something new that's on the mild side because – just about every guy walking in today is going to say what's new and then the next question is is it mild yeah seems like you've had some uh it's the year of the connecticut connecticut shade this year at the show and i see a lot of people saying it but even some of the connecticut shade that comes in and they're they're almost ashamed to you know bring it down we got to make it it could be a connecticut shade but it's going to be a strong connecticut shade and that customer ends up getting it and they say ah you know i tried it but no I'm, i'm back to you know, whatever Old it is. And, yeah, yeah, because they're, they're looking for something that doesn't exist. But th- that's what I see. Uh, the easier thing for you would have actually been to come out with a real powerhouse and come out with a Liga Bavada type of thing. But right. you didn't do that either. No, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, this is a real personal project for me. Um, Which is telling the story of Nicaragua. But what about telling your story and maybe going down the road to Broadleaf? Oh, no doubt. I mean, that's definitely found. You're going to see a lot of interesting things come, come from You're just not going to come out with the information, huh? You're not going to tell us a name, nothing? No, no, not, not right now. No, definitely. How do you infuse the cigars um, into the states? So there's, there's, a, uh, there's a virgin that comes from, um, yeah, yes, and it. she comes in via stork, uh, and she flies in with uh, rose petals, right. and that's pretty much how it's done. All right. Someday FDA is going to make you guys tell the story. And I'm going to end up hearing it. I thought this would you might as well just say it here, but it's all right. We, we got the rest of the night to, to get that answer. We'll, keep, we'll be pushing. Yeah. We will be pushing. You got to get a few of these people in the audience, you know, drunk yeah. a little bit, you know, get that bourbon flowing. So as far as um, Connecticut goes, yes. um, you know the growers and things that are there, and you're yep. going to be able to deal with them. There's going to be no problem. Uh, yeah, I'm active in the valley. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, so, yeah, you, no, I'm 
lot of relationships. Are you going to stay Nicaraguan Puro, or are you going to venture out to other tobaccos? I love all tobaccos, so okay. definitely, yeah. I'm not going to just stay Nicaragua. I love. Well, you're very proud of Nicaragua. I am very it's, proud it's a, of Nicaragua. It's a handle on social media, Nicaragua. Yeah. You're wearing Nicaragua. You're very not Nicaragua. How about making a Dominican cigar? You know, you never know. There might be some interesting things happening. That's why I'm asking. You never do. (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not. I'm not closed down to doing right. a Dominican. Um, I love you, Dominican, love Honduran. Of love. the tobacco, but would you would you stay with the factory you're in, or would you bounce around and do things? I potentially it? might ba- bounce around uh, right. to do a Dominican cigar. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to, to potentially doing that. Okay. I'm also still have on the table opening up a factory. So really, yeah. yeah. So okay, you know that's been my that's what I love. So all right. Um, but that's you know, a, you, well, it's a, it's a, it's a big undertaking. Oh so, my God. You know, when I have a relation, relationship like I have with, with Topsa right now, it's, you know, it's just really nice to be able to, you know, work with an established factory yeah. and tap in. And, um, these guys have incredible tobacco inventories. Yes. And whew, they yeah. got some age stuff hidden Beautiful. away. I mean, they're, they're leaving you that, would you like this? Would you like that? I mean, yes. Yeah. yeah that was really okay. what, you know, that's what really tipped the scales for me to make the decision is Eduardo, you know, opened up the vaults and said, all right, go, go wild. Go so I said, how can I, how can I pass I, this I, up? And I so. think it's a very smart move on them because you get, everybody's looking at you guys. You yeah. know, I say you guys, you and Steve that, that came from where you did and where you're going and whatever. And I think it, uh, when you end up saying this is the guy I'm going to go with, uh, there's a reason for it. You know, mm-hmm. they, they're allowing you to do something, and, and your, your choice was. I think anybody would have took you on if you went there. I mean, anybody closed the door on you, everybody was like, "Come here, right?" Yeah, yeah, it's pretty gonna much. Be, so it's it's amazing. You're gonna Slattery. stay on for another set for another segment. I'd love to. All right, I'd love to. When we come back, we're gonna light up another cigar. We have more in the mailbag. Old Far Freddy, gentleman Chuck Morrison is not here, but he's gentleman and more debonair enough to actually record something for us. That cigar news and a lots more. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. And when you're smoking your El Wawense, always remember keep the lid end. Out of your mouth. Be right back. <laughs> Truly bold cigars like a good story. Perfectly crafted throughout. And you never want it to end. Take it from Rob Weiss, member of Camacho's Board of the Bold and creator of the award-winning TV series Entourage. The Camacho Corojo is hand-built from authentic Corojo seeds, built for the expert palate and fine-tuned for maximum flavor impact, consistency, and quality. In a world where the success of a cigar brand is recognized by its flavor, comes two that go head-to-head. One man smoking two cigars at the same time. Two rappers united in name, but separated by taste. One cigar known as the natural. The natural is no lightweight. It boasts full flavor and taste. The United Cigar Natural. Now comes the Maduro. Darker and even more bolder. With in-your-face flavor. United Cigar. Nothing could prepare you for what awaits you in the box. Both box-pressed. Both 65 million years in the making. Uh, That may be wrong. Well, I'm going with it anyway. Action. Adventure. 
and bromance. That's right. Bromance. United Cigar. Available in natural or Maduro. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailer shops nationwide. Rated D for delicious. Under 18, not admitted even with a parent. United Cigars. You don't have to choose. Smoke them both. Founded in 1989 by Mariana and Nestor Miranda, Miami Cigar and Company proudly celebrates their 25th anniversary with the release of their flagship brand, the Nestor Miranda Collection. Made in Esteli, Nicaragua by Don Pepin Garcia, the collection is available in three distinct wrappers aimed to please even the toughest critic. Nestor Miranda Collection. You only get one life. How will you live yours? This is Jonathan Carney with the Florida Mancana. I'm J.R. Dominguez. This is John Hart. This is Victor Vitale. Hi, this is Pete Johnson. Steve Saka. Hi, this is Phil Zangi. This is a little bit of shake. Is the Cigar Authority. And Faith. The authority on everything cigar. Shake it back. In. Get used to hearing it. And out of the cigar industry. Do it. With your hosts. That's a lovely accent you have. David Garofalo. New Jersey. Austria. Austria. Well, then, good day, mate. Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Mr. Jonathan. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, hey, Zeus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of dominoes, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. Barry Stein. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> and Chuck Morrison. Is this your place? No, 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 no. No, I live with my mom. Oh, yeah. You hungry? Hey, mom! Can we get some meatloaf? It's time to light them up. There's no smoking in here. It's time. Oh, it's all right, darling. I'm a volunteer fireman. For the Cigar Authority. Hey, shake and bake, gal! Woo! Shake and bake! Do it. And we're back with our number two broadcasting live from the LaFleur Dominicana Cigar Studios. And today at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, we got old Fod Freddy. Cigar news, good and bad. Gentlemen, Chuck Morrison will get debonair. New cigars hitting the shelves and old ones that we're about to light up right now. Welcome back, everybody, to The Cigar Authority. You are listening to The Cigar Authority, the only radio show in the U.S. and, yes, the world that is always broadcast on location. And we are the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist. We demand that you light up along with us. You tune in at thecigarauthority.com where you can watch us live or catch the podcast on demand at any time. Simply find us on iTunes or YouTube, where you can set it and forget it on both. All right. I have in my hand the Liga Pavada T52 Flying Pig Year 2010, box number 2282 out of 3250. What do we know about this? Wow, you're breaking out the classics. This is it. Yeah. And so. you got all the classic intro uh, Will Ferrell for me. There we go. That's, that's, there I'm we a go. big fan here. So here, take one of those. I wish I had oh, enough wow. to pass around, but uh, we're, we're on the last four of these bad boys. What a treat. So uh, tell me about Fantastico. it. Fantastico. Well, we have a, uh, a, a Type 52 Habano Seed from Connecticut wrapper on this cigar. Yeah. Um, yeah, grown in the Connecticut Valley. Um, is this stock cured? This is stock cured, yes. Stock cut and cured. Um which is also, you know, Broadleaf's also stock cut and, and, and stock cured. Sure. Um, the Havano seed, um, we were actually up in the valley in 2005, six, um, and we were looking at some Broadleaf and happened to go into a barn where uh, one of the grower's sons had a, a crop that didn't look like Broadleaf hanging in the tobacco barns. 
And uh, we looked at it, and uh, Steve and I said, what's that? And they started talking about uh, T50, uh, Type 52 seed, yeah. Havana yeah. seed, uh, which I believe was brought to the Valley in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, and was pretty popular during the early part of the 1900s and then sort of fell out of popularity to, to uh, the broadleaf and um, decided to bring it back. And uh, so very difficult to wrapper to yeah, cure. Yes. Yep. So this is the wrapper. The insides are just... So you have a, a combination here. You have the binders, uh, Matafina from Brazil, okay. uh, from an area outside of uh, Salvador, Bahia, Brazil which used to be the capital of Brazil, about two hours to the west. You have a place called Cruz de las Almas, which grow uh, Matafina seed. And uh, the filler is a combination of fillers from Esteli, Jalapa, and there's also some from uh, Hamastran, okay. which Honduras, across Honduras. the border from, from Jalapa there and uh, the Hamastran. Why right. this Elevator. shape? Three-country blend in this little cigar. You know, that's definitely something. Steve, I believe, got in this shape. Uh, this was an old shape, if I remember correctly, uh, that Steve had, had become a fan of. And um, he, he really loved this small Perfecto size. I'm also Looks a Looks familiar fan to of the, me. Uh, Perfecto size. Very familiar. Yeah. Yep. So let's give it a cut and light let's and try this thing. Light. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand. While all other cigar brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. The cold drawer is a lot more earthy than I remember it. Five years will do that. Yeah, you can taste the, uh, Holy the smoke five years age. Earthy. I mean, it, it's like it's like breathing in a, in the basement of a, a like an eighteen hundred house. It's got a dirt floor. Earthy, earthy. So I we're wish gonna I had a bunch of these to pass out, but <clears throat> the thing is, they didn't make a bunch of these things. And, yeah, and my a, thought is there's so little tobacco, you could probably make a ton of these things, but you chose not this, to. This wrapper is very, um, we got into curing this tobacco, really not, um, you know, not many people have used it over the years. And um, we were about two years in, and the tobacco still was not cured. The interesting thing about this tobacco is it's not a very thick leaf like uh, the broadleaf. Um, it is very oily tremendous amount of oil yeah but there is a window that is a lot smaller than other tobaccos where this tobacco is fermented and if you don't catch that window right it's either under cured and it's not going to burn properly or it's over cured and you literally will lose all of the tobacco but how about after you have rolled it now it's a cigar oh, and i can hang on to it for five years oh, oh yeah you can hang on to yeah, it as yeah. long as you want yeah sure okay but it's got to go through uh, i'm saying from the fermentation okay. end of things um Three years, uh, you know, sometimes this tobacco would take to, to cure. Okay. Then we're going to light up today with our Vertigo Bomber featuring the flip-out bullet cutter featuring the patented big-ass tank triple jet. This is a twenty nine ninety nine lighter. Vertigo's doing it, man. This is a lot of lighter for $29. A lot of lighter. So this cigar is from 2010, but the wrapper on this cigar is actually from 2007. Yeah, you could taste it. You can taste the seven. I was going to say that. <laughs> there must be good years and bad years. Oh, yeah, tremendous. Yeah. Uh, last year in the Valley was actually a terrible year for Havano seed. There was uh, hailstorms that moved through and took out uh, a lot of crops. So 
you know, Connecticut Valley also in the growing season, you have a window from, you know, about April to September time where you have to grow. And sometimes in Connecticut, you know, July, August, sometimes you get some really heavy rains, yeah. uh, hailstorms. Uh, there's been some tornadoes that have whipped through the valley. Um, so that was one of the, the reasons over the past, you know, since 2006, seven, we got hit with a lot of years in the Connecticut Valley of terrible growing seasons, a lot of rain, um, a lot of damage tobacco. So that really didn't, wasn't conducive for growing really heavy, thick yeah. leaf. The yield is less and it may be something you don't want to even buy. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it goes, I would go up and monitor crops from, from the beginning of the growing season until the end of the growing season. And then purchasing would st- begin around November time. And you can see a beautiful, a beautiful crop in the field. And then that doesn't necessarily guarantee that it's going to be beautiful tobacco. It's got to go through the curing barred stage yep. um, properly. Otherwise you can lose tobacco pretty fast. So you can see a beautiful crop in the field. If it's not cured properly, uh, you could completely damage a beautiful crop. So it's a very delicate process. It feels like the Liga smokes itself. There's an exorbitant amount of smoke production. Always. Yeah. What's the reasoning behind that? It's the curing. I mean, the curing of this tobacco, it's very – you imagine this is from seven, 2007, this tobacco, especially the Havano seed, went through three years of fermentation. So – it's it's very well cured tobacco, and but not from any process that's done added to it or anything that's making it smolder the way. No, no, no. Okay, yeah, it does. No, it I mean, there's different there's different methods uh, of making you know tobacco darker, right? Um, to speed up the process, sure. but this is you know when we started curing broadleaf, the first broadleaf that we had started curing, um, we had a crop that we. We, you know, we were going through a learning stage, and we brought the temperatures of the fermentation piles up really high and ended up losing uh, some of the first crop. It was just completely over-fermented, and we lost a lot of tobacco. So from that point on, you can take tobacco, and you can bring it up really high, and you can get it out much faster. Yeah. Of course, the accountants you know, like that because sure. you can get it, sure. get it processed uh, much easier. but. We then learned that we have to do it the right way, which is slow and steady and lower temperatures over longer periods of time. That really, you know, maintains all of the essential oils of the leaf um, and all of the flavors of the leaf. So that's that's really important, you know, in the fermentation process, especially if you're trying to produce an ultra premium cigar. Did you go, you know, you're, you're going into the... Uh Connecticut River Valley with Steve, were you looking for a wrapper for the cigar that he was going to smoke at that point, or were you just kind of geeking out and just buying up tobacco that looked good that maybe for a project in the future? I mean, at this point, the, the Havano T, the T52 came after, after so that was, a, that was definitely a geek purchase at okay. that time. Um, before that, you know, from the, uh, from the Broadleaf side, you know, I had been making a lot of blends um, that I was smoking, and then Steve came on at you know, the, the right time to really, you know, bring us into the traditional market. So I had a lot of blends that I had been uh, working on. And then working with Broadleaf was one of my dreams, you know, being from the Connecticut Valley. And my grandfather's right. all smoking Connecticut Broadleaf cigars. So I took a lot of those blends that I had been working on and then 
the broadleaf really capped that off. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say one of your new cigars is going to have broadleaf. I'm just going out on oh, a limb. You can, yeah, I mean, there's no <laughs> no doubt that the broadleaf yeah. is definitely coming down the, it would coming make down sense. the line. Uh, can I envision someday, or I do envision someday, of uh, you working with Steve again and maybe do a project together or something You know, someday? you never know. Yeah. You never do know. I just get um, these little you never know. You I, know. Of course I never know. That's why I'm asking the question. But you, you I'm never not getting know. answers. I'm um, <laughs> yeah, he had his chance, Steve. Yells him from the audience. Unbelievable. You know, Steve. He turned him down. He's mad. <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's, he'll he's a have man no scorn. fury a like a soccer scorn. A cigar yeah. man scorn is, uh, what do they say? Yes, no, there's um, nothing worse. You never, you know, you never do know. I mean, we're, I think we're both really focused, you know, on our, on our first projects. And it takes, you know, just to, to get a project. And, and I the, know what's ridiculous. You the, just came out with your stuff, yeah. and I'm pulling you onto what's next. And this is brand yeah, new. You already got you me smoking talking. T-52s. This is unbelievable. I'm, I'm, smoking, <laughs> I'm smoking the T-52 for a reason because this is a geek stick. Dude, I'm not, I'm not complaining, really. Yeah. Do you, uh, before you get into that, yeah. David, do yeah. you feel pressure – to have this be successful, given that it is your first shot out of the gate? Because it does seem to me like the entire cigar world is watching just two people right now. Yeah. And they're both here. Here. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, there's definitely I, – I don't – you know, I'm just doing what I love. So I, I just focus on that. There's not a lot of time to really feel pressure because there's so much – so much to do, and it's taken. I mean, we're we're burning the midnight oil every day, and yeah. it's been like this, you and know, you're since. It. And I love it. Yeah, yeah. And I love it to be doing it on my own, and you know, it's it's great because it's all on it's all on me. So, and um, you know, I'm working with a, a great guy, David Sather. He's the VP of Foundation. He's yeah. really helping me from the the states end of things, and and heading up the state side. So he's been a tremendous help. And you guys are doing it right. I mean, he they, knows his stuff, too. I was yeah. here at uh, quarter of nine this morning. The store doesn't open until 10 o'clock. I'm outside. I'm having a, a coffee, and I'm going through what, what I might ask you for an interview. And then a car pulls up, and I'm like, wow, customers around here know that we don't open till 10 o'clock. Nine's pushing it. 9.30, you might be able to get in. And then I see you whip out your phone, and you're taking a picture of the sign, and I'm like, that can't be Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody in the cigar world shows up on time, let alone early. Yeah. I'm ready to rock. You are I'm, ready I'm to rock. It. I'm in it to win it. I just <laughs> want to make people happy and, you know. I was pumped. All right. You know, that's it. Factory down in Nicaragua. You're on the factory floor at 7, and, uh, you know, you're going all day. So so I'll be interested. You, We, we talked a little about the history because you've been around as young as you are. You've been in this industry uh, your whole adult life. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, you remember the cigars that came out and, and the evolving of uh, what happened in the cigar industry. Mm-hmm. Geek Sticks, uh, a cigar for saving, giving, trading, selling, or smoking. Our editorial little go up Monday, Barry? Monday at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Um, did I write these little things of my thoughts and uh, whatever Musings happens? Musings by David Garofalo. Here we go. <laughs> Um, a geek stick is a cigar that is limited in production for one reason or another. This is what I call it anyway, which creates demand for a few different reasons. I've always been intrigued by the geek stick. It's psychology and allure. So I'm going to dig in here and interrupt me at any time if I'm going in the wrong direction. But limited production cigars began, as I recall, during the cigar boom of the 90s by a Toro Fuente, who you mentioned earlier, and Bahia cigars, which we got into uh, earlier today, too. Fuente created the marketing message, we never rush the hands of time, advertising, promoting, and explaining that they do not have enough cigars for those who are looking for them, and they will not speed it up. This, uh, the demand at that time for cigars, and frankly, all cigars, 
uh, exceeded supply. But it was Fuente who exploited it and took it to another level and I believe created what I call the geek stick. They're the ones that started this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Limited releases occur for a bunch of reasons, one of which is short supply of tobacco used for the blend, therefore creating only a limited amount of cigars that can be possibly made anyway of that cigar. Another way a limited cigar can occur is simply through creative and effective marketing. (coughs) Mm -hmm. This is where I get a little into the cigar we're smoking because you guys were making different sizes of it, but this was the geek one of that cigar. Sure. When Fuente Opus X was initially introduced to the market, it appeared at trade shows on display two years before it was even released, creating wow. an instant demand for uh, the tobacco as wrapper, Dominican tobacco, which was never done before. When it was finally released... Uh, it only was available in the East Coast in very limited amounts, and it continued its magnetism at that point. We couldn't get it here in the Northeast. I remember. Yeah. To this day, they still trickle in production and scarcity, despite having over 20 years to revamp the production numbers of Opus X. They have 20 years to build it up, gotcha. and yet they haven't. Right. Then came Bahia Cigars, a cigar from Costa Rica, that was released in 1992 from a man named Tony Bohani, who is possibly the very first boutique cigar liberty. Tony and his cigar maker and blender, Douglas Perringer, went to Costa Rica and made Bahia Cigars. This brand is no longer owned by either man, and uh, its production, um, like it was uh, owned by them in the 90s, and it was special and limited at that time. Actually, on the boxes, they listed their production numbers, as we looked earlier, right. such as 10,000 cigars that equal just 5,000 boxes worldwide of that specific cigar. Hmm. The first release of Bahia was 1998 vintage, which today Tony himself claims he will buy back every cigar he can get his hands on for $500 per cigar. Wow. You can I per- make some money. I could, but <laughs> I personally lit up tens of thousands of dollars of those cigars based on that price back then, and I don't have any left, unfortunately. But the cigar was very different than the ones that we see today that actually use the same band as Bahia, but yeah, it's I different. Yeah, CI has them or something. Correct. Yeah. And own it. Uh, so don't be fooled by that, those that are listening on it. We, I'm mentioning it, but it's not resembling that cigar in any way. The Bahia grew. Uh, the brand grew. But the production increased, and the brand simply slowed down. Production exceeded the demand, and the brand actually plummeted into non-existence right. because of that they ramped up production. Right. This is the danger when creating a company surrounded around scarcity. You can't grow the line, or it will kill it. Uh, Fuente has been very calculated and hasn't got caught up yet with production, and I believe on purpose. This is what, uh, what I think happens. Opus X brand still has its followers uh, and still remains scarce. That's the whole allure to that brand. I don't have uh, any Bahias from 1998 personally, but I do have a handful of boxes from the 1992 vintage, including the Super Rare A size. Uh, I have smoked some, but um, I hold on to them much like a trophy with some bragging rights of rare and limited and highly sought-after cigars. I know a handful of people who store and save more Opus X cigars than they have ever even smoked. And they are 
uh, constantly feel the need to tell me about them like they're their children. I have some 96s. And there we go. Were, you know? So there you go. I tell you uh, how they smoke after 10 years. I will tell you how they smoke after 10 years, the opus, but I have no idea. They have no idea how they smoked 10 years ago because they actually held on to them all that time. Right. I've been gifted some of them, these prized possessions, and I always feel bad when I cut and light them in front of them. I remember actually cutting and lighting one immediately when given one to a gener generous friend. The look of horror on his face when I lit the cigar, uh, I asked, did I do something wrong? Then I followed it up was with, was I not supposed to light it? He responded, no, no, I just never smoked one myself. How is it? <laughs> Uh, you got to be kidding me. That's what the cigars are really for, enjoying. However, he was correct. Cigars are also for sharing, and he was proud to give me that cigar and appreciated it that he was able to do that. Again, they are for enjoying, and the best way to really enjoy the cigar is to light and smoke one with me yeah. um, and for me to actually light it up, so I did. I wish he had enjoyed that cigar with me. It could have even been better for him if he did. Um, I was in one of our lounges at Two Guys Smoke Shop and heard a couple of guys talking about limited release of cigars that are not available any longer. Uh, it was one of Pete Johnson's Tatuaje limited editions from years ago. One guy said, I have a couple boxes put away, and the other guy asked if he could buy a single cigar. The guy that had the couple of boxes put away said, I won't sell you one, but I'll give you one if you give me one of those M80s that he bought last year that the other guy missed out on, and he agreed. He was willing to actually make the trade. Neither man was willing to give, uh, give it or sell them, but would trade for something they didn't have um, and felt that it was a more of a fair deal. Both were happy about it, and I have the feeling none of, neither of those guys actually tasted even that cigar. Hmm. They're just hanging on to these, uh, but I'm just guessing. That's what I think is, is happening there. Then you have the guy that uh, helped drive the scarcity of the cigars up by buying them and waiting till they were sold out and then offering them for sale on the market, creating gouging, actually creating somebody selling them. Uh, I'm a capitalist and I believe in the free market, but I never liked what happens at that time. It's the gray market and it inflates the value of the cigars, causing issues to the brand. It's consumers selling cigars without a license and gouging true cigar fanatics who feel the need and want to actually buy them. These actions are growing rampant as of late as more limited releases have been created in the past couple of years than in the past 20 years combined. These, actually, uh, these actions also create chaos in the cigar industry, much like has happened in the Cabbage Patch doll craze, the ugly Highly sought after dolls that became collectibles and beanie babies, plush animal dolls that exploded in the 1990s. The gray market destroyed their entire industry and devastated the brands and products over that short period of time. I, for one, find giving the geek stick to those who can really appreciate it is the most satisfying. I have a, a nice collection myself, but has tapped into it on occasion. The occasion always has been that I am with somebody who enjoys cigars, like I did with you today. Cheers. I have only smoked them with someone and never alone. Jonathan equated Correct. to that earlier. <clears throat> I have given some away 
without having one myself, but I always feel, to be honest with you, I would have enjoyed it much better sharing the experience with someone. Uh, I've also... uh, I'd like to um, stretch my geek sticks out for years and years to come, uh, seeing um, improvements of age. As I smoke it year after year after year, somebody will ask, how is it improving as it's going on? I'd like to get through that, but to be frank with you, the older I get, the least I can compare this exercise to because, frankly, I forget how that was last year. I can attest to that. Uh, so I've begun to light these cigars and enjoy them with friends at a more rapid pace than I have in the past. Cigars for saving, giving, trading, or selling. Uh, but I promise you the best way to do that is to actually light them up and smoke them. Cheers. So that's well the thought of it. Um, is there, um, as you're sitting down creating something, is there the mentality of that exact thing on purpose? Um, I, not on purpose for me. Coming from the production standpoint, I see things uh, a little bit, you know, differently. Um, I, not coming from the production end, end of things, cigars sometimes look like like widgets, and that these things are made by machines. But this is a handmade, naturally grown product. So, for example, well, Wednesday we're doing two hundred boxes of each size. That's what there is for for each month of uh, of this production. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to – this is because of wrapper issues. Again, there's not a lot of Nicaraguan wrapper tobacco. I don't want to um, produce something – you know, I don't know how it's going to respond in the marketplace sure. also. So yeah. I'm going to wait and see until the next wrapper crop comes out. I need to assess the situation as to how much wrapper there's going to be and then also see – assess from the demand standpoint how many – you know, how much demand is uh, – for the cigar, but it's not something that I want to make a million cigars of um, because something sometimes gets lost in that. You know, quality is my number one um, focus. Quality, consistency. So there's, tr- there's truth in the uh, not rush the hands of time type of there, thing. There yeah. is. There is definitely truth yeah. in it. Um, and especially for a brand like, you know, us in Liga, that was a, we were always known as the infused guys at Drew Estate before, you know, 2006. 2005 so this was something that we we treated as our baby and did not want to rush especially having you know the whole market looking at us with a magnifying glass um so quality consistency came first every time so i can see you know where some manufacturers you know they don't want to uh Again, rush the hands of time. Uh, On a consumer level, the consumer comes in. I'm a retailer. I try to say yes to every customer that comes in. Yeah. Uh, give me a box of these. And I say, no, there isn't any. And it's not because I didn't order them. It's because the manufacturer didn't ship it to me. And, you know, the aggravating point is that the customer leaves unhappy. Maybe he bought something else. Maybe he didn't. Or any, and, and I'm driving him to somebody else's store who has a couple of boxes left. Yeah. It's so aggravating that you're... I, see, yeah, and I understand that. And that's why we're, with Foundation, we're working with select retail, uh, retailers like yourselves that are true tobacconists that understand uh, what Foundation is about. And um, somebody's uh, the ghost of, of cigars yeah, is with us go. today. That's good. Um, so we want to work with retailers in a select amount. We know how much we're making every month. 
um, so we can supply the, these relationships that we're building consistently. Yeah, so to open it up, lots more accounts well, that you can't supply. We could easily, you know, potentially do that and yeah, open yeah, up yeah. another. I don't want to do that because okay. I don't. I want to be able to supply you guys on a consistent basis on a monthly basis for we're, your consumers. We're, we're working to try to get customers on this brand, and what I don't want exactly. to happen is that, you know, uh, two months go by, he caught on, geez, I love those cigars. Where are they? Go go to my competitor because I don't have any more. Yeah, we're not, uh, we're, yeah. We're, uh, that's not something I'm interested in. Coming from the retail perspective also, I, I you know, I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm in Listen, your shoes, yes. and, and it's not something it, that. It's awesome that you get it, you know. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of the manufacturers do get it and realize the negative thing that that, that plays on. Yeah. Yes, you're, you're the most sought-after cigar in the world, but we can't get it, and I'm trying to build my business, and what I'm doing is driving business elsewhere, having it. And I actually, at, at the opportunity of, here's a, here's a new geek stick or something, I don't even want it. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm a, I, I, I yeah. can see that. Yeah. yeah. There is something to be said, though, for making, there's a difference between making 5,000 cigars a day and 100,000 cigars a day. There's something that you know is to be said you also have to be very careful of wrapper um wrapper tobacco crops you don't know how the weather is going to be for the next crop so we we came to a point with tobacco purchasing that we were always able to survive if there was a hurricane if there was a volcano that went off so we would have enough to keep that consistent with the accounts that that we have whereas if we opened up a ton of accounts and then you have an issue with tobacco then you're going to have a real problem on your hands and yeah, then there's yeah, a potential yeah. of it not being on anybody's shelf and you can completely destroy the brand that way so um you know there there's there's cases i think that is true to it depending on the tobacco there could be other cases that is is created demand um from a tobacco standpoint you know i always thought it was funny f- hearing the the creating supply and demand stories because i knew the situation from the connecticut river valley the weather the crops you know monitoring the crops and and what it takes to actually get the yields that we need to produce you know that that level of quality and you know there's definitely a difference in for me quality between some of the higher end cigars and attention to detail that goes into some of these brands, you know. There we go. All right, we're going to go to break, and we're going to see what's wrong with this, uh, the quality of our sound that, that's happening, hopefully just in our headphones. Uh, when we come back, we got uh, good news and bad news in the cigar industry. Uh, we got it all, reckless tweets of the week. Gentleman Chuck Morrison will get Debonair and lots more. Stick around, everybody. Nick Melillo is here with, let me say this right, El Wawense. El Wawense. El Wawense. We got it. We'll be back in just a minute. Stick around, everybody. I'm going to get it right one of these times. Savor this moment. The sparks of conversation. The anticipation of that first draw. Savor the story shared over a cigar like this. A cigar that makes this moment classic. The Avo Classic. Savor a composition of handcrafted Dominican leaf, graced with notes of 25-year-old tobacco. Richly complex, yet remarkably smooth. Savor a harmony of creamy, balanced flavors. A duet of two cigar virtuosos, jazz and cigar legend Avo Uvesian, and master blender Hendrik Kellner. A cigar meant to be shared with friends old and new. The Avo Classic. Savor every note. 
visit your local tobacconist or see the complete AVO line at AVO.com. I'd like to file a missing persons report. I've lost my one true love. Uh, what does she look like? She is like no other. Her skin, dark, simply gorgeous. Not slender, but firm to the touch. Well, we'll do everything we can for you, sir. The night we met over a fine scotch, it was love at first sight. Details. I need details, sir. Well, she's about five and a half inches tall. You mean five feet tall? No, inches. Oh, she's a mid... a dwarf. Uh, a little person. No. She's a cigar. Ah, right, sir. Is she a Fleur de Lorraine cigar? The cigar that men around the world are falling in love with? Yes. Oh, I've seen this before. Louie! Yeah? Uh, get him a Fleur de Lorraine cigar and a list of United Cigar retailers to carry it. Fleur de Lorraine cigars. Simply gorgeous. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailers across the country. Fleur de Lorraine. Stop missing out. Mr. Jonathan, a shadowed figure spinning tunes on records that do not exist. Mr. Jonathan, a young cigar smoker on a crusade to champion the oldies, top 40, and yes, even country, with a host of DJs that operate above the mix. Mr. Jonathan is my dance instructor. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ. Mr. Jonathan is me. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com. Your one-stop shop for everything DJ and sound production. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com. He reads the dictionary just for fun. He finds the minutiae of tax preparation enthralling. Years ago, at an open mic night, he was paid just to leave. He is the only man to win a staring contest with the Statue of Liberty. He is so uninteresting to women, he was forced to open a cigar shop to sell to men. He's not even a legend in his own mind. He finds himself boring. His family barely pays attention to him, and his mother refers to him as... Hey you, he is David Garofalo, the least interesting man in the cigar world. Not since Zeno Davidoff has a cigar retailer had a brand named after him. The man himself may be a bore, but the cigar isn't. Garofalo is a premium handmade luxury cigar using U.S. shade wrapper and a blend of Nicaraguan fillers and binder. Complex and very interesting. Garofalo may be the most interesting cigar in the world. It once won a longest ash contest without even being lit. You don't light a Garofalo, it lights you. Its flavor expands on your palate faster than the universe. It has been said that this cigar would be phenomenal as a Maduro, except it's perfect as it is. I always smoke cigars, and when I do, I prefer Garofalo. Keep smoking Garofalo, my friends. Hey, Jack, I finally found a cigar magazine that I like. Really? What's it called? Cigar Journal. What's so great about Cigar Journal? 
Is it really different from the other magazines? It is. Cigar Journal is all about cigars. None of the nonsense you see in other magazines. Really? Yeah, it has stories, reviews, and the latest news about premium cigars. Is it a little newsletter? No, I think you'll be very impressed. Cigar Journal has beautiful images, a thick cover, and is strictly for the cigar enthusiast. They cover cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. That sounds interesting. Where can I buy it? Cigar Journal is available at local cigar retailers and on the web at www.cigarjournal.co. That's cigarjournal.co. I'll sign today. The boys are going to pee-pee, but we'll be right back. Remember, gentlemen, more than a couple of shakes and you're just playing with it. And uh, uh, yeah, it looks like we're back. Yep, okay, we're back. We're back. <laughs> Live from the Fleur Dominicana Cigar Studios. Uh, and we, we got cigar news, good and bad. It turns the noise that we're hearing, uh, I'm glad to hear you guys aren't hearing it, but uh, it's still here. But you hear it, Barry, right? Yeah, I you hear it. The only thing I can think of is 10 seconds of dead air to reset the board. But I yeah. just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, uh, let's go into the aging room with Old Fire Freddy. Ready for that? Yes, sir. All right. It's time to step into the aging room. Sometimes aging makes a great cigar even better, just like aging room cigars. They're made in small batches from rare and limited 100% Dominican tobaccos. And here in our aging room is Old Fart Freddy. Nowadays, you have to push one for English. In my day, number one you could do behind any tree without worrying about being labeled a sex offender. Everything else was in English. Nowadays, you have to push two for Spanish. In my day, the only concern surrounding the number two was being careful not to wipe your butt with poison ivy leaves. Nowadays, you have to push three for Mandarin. In my day, it was three strikes and you're out. Three balls meant a promising career as a circus freak. We were tree-peeing, leaf-wiping men with two balls and three strikes. Sometimes, aging makes a great cigar even better. Just like aging rum cigars. Made in small batches from rare and limited 100% Dominican tobacco. Try aging rum cigars from Boutique Blends. Some things are better aged. Some are not. Hey, honey, let's play a game. I'll kiss you on the strikes if you kiss me on the balls. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) We're smoking T-52 Flying Pig from 2010. Uh, It's a geek stick. Uh, It's a rare uh, cigar that would come out every once in a while. And uh, we're talking during the break uh, about these rarities and if they're done on purpose or what they are. Uh, Barry, uh, good news and bad news. What's happening in the cigar world? Well, we'll start with the bad news. And while not on the docket, this week, Wareham, Massachusetts, all but banned smoking on beaches for 2016. The Board of Health will hold a public hearing in the coming weeks, but it's a mere formality as the measure already has the votes to pass it. Essex County, New Jersey, passed a smoking ban in all 33 county parks. The biggest city of Essex County is Newark. Rockville, Maryland passed a measure this week that will ban smoking in all city parks and the lone city-owned golf course. The golf courses run by the county will be exempt from the measure. Woodstock, Illinois, which postponed the vote on a smoking ban at the town square a few weeks ago, passed a measure with a compromise that would not include the sidewalks around the park. In Canada, Justin Trudeau, the head of the Liberal Party, proposed a plain packaging law for tobacco. The law, which is already in effect in Australia and will be effect in the U.K. in 2016, would remove all branding from the packaging and the boxes would become uniform. An example of the packaging used in Australia could be found on the CigarAuthority.com. And lastly, the city of Carmel, California has banned smoking throughout the city. 
The only place you can smoke within the city is your car or your home. Ugh. Violators of the law will be issued a citation referred to as an infraction. And once you have been issued three, you will be charged with a misdemeanor. The new law joins a pre-existing law that requires a permit to wear heels over two inches, making Carmel the least friendly place for Mr. Jonathan's vacation. There we go. <coughs> there it is. And, and, that's, and that's a line he didn't want to uh, put in there because you were being nice to him. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Jonathan. Gloves are off, Baron. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me something good. All right. Uh, support in the United States Senate for S, uh, Senate Bill 441 continues to grow as Senator John Boozman, Republican out of Arizona, signed on to S441. AR is Arkansas. That's what I said, Arkansas. Uh, as a co-sponsor, raising the number of senators to 17 that support premium cigars being exempt from FDA regulations. We need more. Uh, when Hells, Heldsburg representatives decided a year ago to become the first city in California to raise the minimum age for buying tobacco from 18 to 21 years old, there were warnings that it could trigger a legal challenge from the tobacco industry. Sure enough, city officials were recently put on notice by a tobacco retailers association to rescind their groundbreaking ordinance, with the challenger saying that the state law preempts local governments from raising the legal age above the state established minimum of 18. Lawyers for the National Association of Tobacco Outlets sent a letter to the city council last month making some of their legal arguments and, in essence, threatening a lawsuit if the city doesn't comply. The city council discussed the matter in closed session this week but has made no decision. All right. Uh, I don't know how good that is, but it's good that they're, they're suing them anyway. And Massachusetts has to do the same thing. You folks listening in Massachusetts, uh, city by city, that's changing the smoking age. Uh, it should go statewide like it does here in the state of New Hampshire. Um, how can you help? You can join the CRA, CRA.org. CigarRights.org. 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 Join $35 and uh, be part of the solution, right? That's it. So while you're enjoying life through its fullest, it's important to be debonair. How to be more debonair and gentleman-like is Gentleman Chuck Morrison. Do you need a gentleman? <coughs> gentleman. I'm a gentleman. You need a gentleman? <laughs> you wouldn't want to call me gentleman. Ladies, fasten your seatbelts. Switch on your electronic devices. And this is The Gentleman's Way. It's brought to you by Debonair Cigars and Rum. Debonair Cigars provide its clients with suspension of reality. Time spent smoking a debonair can never be subtracted from one's life. Today, gentlemen, shotgun passenger side etiquette for controlling the car's stereo. There's only one rule and one rule only, gentlemen, when it comes to controlling the car's tunage. The driver makes the call and decides what will be listened to and when. After all, that's why the controls are on the steering wheel. Yeah. Look, if there's something you'd like to hear or play, please keep your iPod, CDs, tapes, and 8-tracks aside. And always ask the driver for permission first. That's The Gentleman's Way. It's brought to you by Debonair Cigars and Rum. The question always is, gentlemen, are you debonair enough? I got that one. I've never reached over and made the change. Nick, you look like you had a problem with that. What's that? 
the debonair thing? You know, I probably I'm probably very guilty of uh, of <laughs> taking over the musical controls sometimes. <laughs> yeah, depends on what's uh, what's, what's on. What is your taste for music? You know, taste for music. I love all music, but I'm a roots reggae man. You know, wow. hardcore. Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a hip hop guy too, but yeah. I'm that old school hip hop. You know, something with some conscious lyrics, really saying Absolutely. something. Absolutely. You know, go, but I like blues and jazz, and uh, you know. Okay. And after my own heart there. Opera from time to time when I'm feeling it. There we go. New cigars hitting the shelves and trademarks. Barry, what do you got? Well, this week we have a few trademarks that were filed under tobacco. And Andre Farkas of Viaje has filed for Juntos. PDR Cigars has filed for La Coapativa and Union Star. Farkas. Farkas. Vivolo Cigars <laughs> has filed for Nation's Pride. And lastly, Miami Cigar Company has filed for American Dream. American Dream. I reached out to Jason this week. He says it's an honor of Nesta Miranda living the American dream. Ah, isn't that nice? Word. Isn't that nice? Okay, so that's that. Let's take a peek into the asylum from our friends at Asylum Cigars. They're coming to take me away, ha-ha. They're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha. To the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time. And I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats. And they're coming to take me away, It's time for news from the Insane Asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true, or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars Take No Prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 8x80. That's insane. That's Asylum. Forrest Mars was a little kid when his parents got divorced, and he rarely saw his father after that. He went on to study industrial engineering at Yale, and Forrest made the difficult decision to work at Mars Incorporated alongside his absentee father as an adult. But they were soon disagreeing over how to expand the business, and it wasn't long before Forrest accepted a buyout offer from his father and traveled to England, where he invented, of all things, the Mars Bar in 1933. A year later, Mars Sr. died and his son returned to the U.S. where he ran Mars Incorporated and started his own food business where he created Uncle Ben's Rice and Pedigree Pet Food. He also developed a, the Plain and Peanut M&M's. Forrest was so obsessed with perfection, he found if he found a packet of M&M's in a store that was printed with the M not in the exact center of each candy shell, he would have the entire batch recalled. He died in 1999 at the age of 95 with a net worth of over $4 billion. And here's the insane part. Forrest Mars was allergic to peanuts. Wow. So the billionaire had never even tried 80% of the candy that made him his billions. That's insane. That's asylum. Wow. They're coming to take me away, haha. They're coming to take me away. You try all your cigars, all right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and even definitely. the acid line, when you're doing all the acids, you try them all? I, yes, I would try. I would try. Not every cigar, but yes, for quality control purposes. Yeah. Yes, sir. Did you create any uh, besides the um, Kahlua? Kahlua. Did you do? I worked on uh, Java, Java for uh, Rocky Patel there. Yeah. Tobacco Special, Isla del Sol. Yeah. Um, okay. Anything that came out. After 2003 and between 2003 and 2014. Big Bang? Do you work on Big, Big Bang? Big Bang, yeah, sure. Yeah. Special. Yeah. All right. Big Bang. All right. And, and how did you actually uh, 
make the tobacco taste like that. <laughs> so what would happen is is that there is this uh, stork that would come down from the North Pole. Wow, what a and, secret this is. Yeah. Two people know that the answers here, it's like the KFC, you know, all the ingredients and stuff, and amazing did you sign something to say hey, you never ordered you're in trouble or you just uh right well yeah it? that's confident confidentiality <laughs> yeah. but i you know i had a, a non-compete there for a year in the infused market and it's over so it's over yeah so could you come out could you come out with your own uh yes yes sir because nobody has ever tried to compete with acid um, I don't know. I th- Why are you going to do it? In- Why do you got to stir it up like this? <laughs> Why? Inf- There's no need. Infused, uh, y- you might be seeing some, some interesting things happening ah. from the foundation. Not in, uh, I'm, I'm looking, you know, coffee uh, Coffee infused is always, to me, uh, you know, as far as infusions. The only one I could tolerate. Yeah, that, you know, it's the coffees. Those that, that really complement the yeah, tobacco yeah, yeah. is, um, you know, the fruity flavors and the other flavors. I'm not. How know, about the Kentucky, the Kentucky stuff that you? Do, do yeah, you, I worked on yeah? that also. Yeah, okay. Kentucky uh, fire cured. You know, the one thing about Kentucky fire cured, it, it doesn't, um, it doesn't really burn. Yeah. As far as for a wrapper uh, tobacco, so. Uh, we worked on putting it out of there at the head of the cigar, as you see, and they really get the mouthfeel of the yeah. Kentucky and the uh, the aroma from it and uh, worked it into the blend also. Yeah. Cause that, that was interesting, uh, but it, it didn't seem to go very far, I thought. you know, It seems like it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm surprised to see it really, uh, you know, out there. I see it, I yeah. see it out there, you know, from yeah. time. Time to time, I don't know. I haven't really talked to anybody. Not, that's not been for us them. personally. It didn't seem to. It's a particular yeah. flavor profile. It's unique. Um, it's very unique. Yeah. Yes. So, eh, interesting. Anything? You getting anything? <laughs> Pull something out of this. I'm trying to get. We got a little. I, bit I'm, of my I'm impressed. I'm impressed you got that much out of <laughs> yeah, them. I mean, you, <laughs> All right. Go up against this confidentiality agreement. Absolutely. We're going to take a a peek through the uh, calendar of upcoming uh, events here on the Cigar Authority next week. Avo Synchro, uh, that is a a cigar that's in the care package this week, right? That is correct. It's there that they have it. We're going to have brand manager Scott Colossier uh, via Skype. He's going to come on and uh, tell us about uh, that and the new stuff coming out. We know Avo's going to turn 90 this year. We're going to try to get some information uh, of that. On October 31st, Halloween Day, uh, Cuba versus Dominican Republic. We're going to try something. We're going to smoke uh, at the same time the Cohiba from Cuba versus the Cohiba from the Dominican Republic. And we're going to uh, mm. see if there's anything, uh, you know, which one is best, which one, uh, what do we like. You got those one? Cuban ones going in the care package I, by any chance? We do not, unfortunately, oh, no. as, as you can understand Just why. Checking. Isn't that legal now, though? It, it's legal for me to have brought four. Cohiba's back from Cuba when right. I went. $100? Yeah, $100. Yeah. So uh, I have four, and we're going to just do it on the show. Mr. Jonathan will not be here. I'll be accepting my award. You'll be accepting oh, your wow. award during that. Uh, the following week, uh, Cigar Cartel event. This is a uh, Facebook group, if you've never seen Cigar Cartel. Very, very popular out there. I think I uh, hear it's the most popular uh, Facebook. Over 10,000 so- people in the group. Yeah, uh, and our friend Steve Saka from Sober Mesa. Saka Khan. Uh, Sober Mesa. (laughs) And Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust uh, will be here with us, and he will uh, be uh, doing the event with us. Unfortunately, there will be no studio audience uh, allowed in here besides the people from Cigar Cartel who actually sold out 50 spots uh, for that event in advance. Can I try to crash that party? He he crashed yours, so you're more than welcome. (laughs) All right. 
November 21st, our friend Victor Vitale from Tortuga Cigars is going to be here, and that's actually an in-store event, also a, a, a uh, live studio audience, and they're all Masons. Ah, so we got 50 Masons coming, and we'll see what that's all about. Maybe we'll get some. Maybe we'll build something. Learn a secret handshake or something. They got a lot going on there. Uh, November 28th, (laughs) the contenders of the Cigar of the Year will be announced on November 28th, and lots more uh, coming as we're building uh, that up. So we have enough time for this. Giddy up! I. uh, All right, you and I put together. We're gonna go late, but go ahead. All right, so we, we we like to play this game where we pitch. The, the Cigar Liberty on the show for advertisement. So David and I had a little contest, Uh-oh. and we right. came up with a commercial concept for you. I can't wait. All right, so I'm going to play David's first. Okay. Hold on a minute. Can you press stop? Yeah. When I was trying to find a feedback issue, I shut off that. I'm ready when you are. I am ready. Advice from a wise man brought to you by the wise man. El Wawense Cigars. El Wawense Cigars are dedicated to quality, consistency, balance, and flavor, and built with heart and soul. For 500 years, Nicaragua has served as a crossroads of cultures ever since indigenous inhabitants mocked arriving Spanish conquistadors in a colorful, costumed, satirical masterpiece called El Huehuense, or The Wise Man. Today's quote is from Mark Twain. I should let you know I this audio is going out over the internet. with my education. Mark Twain. 1900. The essence of Nicaragua is the wise man. El Wawense Cigars. Get your palate ready. So you're saying this is not well, going out to the it, audience? It started going out, so they, they got it, but okay. there was a while that it wasn't. So I don't know what that's about. What does that mean? I don't know. It has something to do maybe with our feedback. <laughs> this is what I love about Steve Saka the most because he's going to actually tell you exactly. So, so that's actually, but you can only compare it to what you're about to listen to. So we're seeing which one is the best I, of the two. Right, I, I mean, I as, as far as the sa- the recording quality is what if it was recorded. Yes, you know, it's just thrown together. It, this was slapped you know, together. This is the first, sh- you know, last second. It was uh, seeing if you, seeing if was, you uh, like what's going. But he, he, here goes Mr. Jonathan. Okay, let's see what we got. Best attempt. It's time for Wisdom from a Redneck. Brought to you by El Wawense Cigars. Okay. The Wise Man is Nicaragua's signature work of drama, the ultimate expression of its unique history, language, dance, and culture. This great dance continues today, not only in the form of long-held folkloric performances, but in El Wawense Cigars. Master blender Nicholas Malillo has worked tirelessly to create and honor the great dance of flavors found in Nicaraguan, Corojo, and Criollo tobaccos, which you are about to experience in El Wawense Cigars. Your buddies ask you to go on a three-day fishing trip on the same weekend as your mother-in-law's 80th birthday party. You ask the missus if it's okay to go and miss the party, and she says it's completely up to you. You can go if you want to. I'll tell you what, son. You better abort that mission. Turn that bus around. Treat that statement like it's the opposite day in kindergarten. It ain't up to you. 
and you definitely can't go. Plus, as a bonus gift, just for being so stupid, it's going to be held against you for the next decade because you thought you could not go in the first place. This has been Wisdom from a Redneck. If you're a redneck, you can smoke anything. But if you're a wise man, you smoke El Wawense cigars. Wow. Wow. <laughs> All right. Wow, this is a- how bad is <laughs> hey, at, wow. at least Steve didn't yell out that it sucks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me t- the, the recording quality of yours was uh, really stellar. That's what he does. If, if I could take the first half of that and leave out the second half and then combine it, uh, then we might have a winner there. There we go. Uh, uh, yeah. Can we, we do go. that? So yeah. we, we can work on it. We can work on it if, you, if it's going anywhere. But anyway, that's all right. <laughs> I fear that. Very creative, guys. All right. There, there is a third one. I'll have you listen to it. Oh, off I the can't air. wait. Yeah. <laughs> that one didn't even make the cut, so. That was the best he had. You really went for it at the end there. I tried, yeah, man. Yeah, that was good. If you're a redneck, you can smoke anything. That's true. All right, let's look, listen to the best tweets of the week brought to you by Recluse Cigars. Can't wait. It's time for the social media segment brought to you by Recluse Cigars, the cigars that were built on social media. All Recluse Cigars go through eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years to guarantee you balanced flavor. Try a Recluse Cigar today, and these are the best tweets I saw all week. Using scientific method to disprove the existence of God is like using a car manual to disprove the existence of Henry Ford. If you say... <laughs> Nothing there. If you say, my cocaine, really loud, it sounds like Michael Caine saying his own name. It's funny because it's true. Yeah. Strike two. <laughs> if Apple makes a car, will it have windows? Ah, oh, that's, just good. that's you, pretty good. It's, yeah. it's just because you got that yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of phones, my phone just took a hard fall down a flight of stairs. It's okay, though. It was in my pocket. Ah. And the best tweet I saw all week was a meme, and it read, First woman on the moon. Woman. Houston, we have a problem. Houston, what is it? Woman, never mind. Houston, what's the problem? The woman, nothing. Houston, please tell us. The woman says... I'm fine. Those are the best tweets I saw all week. What does that mean? Wait, you can't even put that much in a tweet. <laughs> it, was a, it was a meme. It was a meme. Oh, okay. It was a picture. Okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It was a picture. Picture's worth a thousand gotcha, words. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. My what bad. does that mean? It was almost today's, a thousand words. <laughs> today's social media segment was brought to you by Recluse Cigars. Rolled N2 Bar the old Cuban way for an effortless and perfect draw every time. Oh, my God. So that's the idea of throwing some of these things in there to make it entertaining, and that's the best. Wow. <laughs> this, this show is going still, down. Steve, <laughs> still, still, Steve Saka has not yelled out that mine sucked. So. The Apple one was the best. Yeah. yeah. That should have been the best tweet of the week, but that was, I don't that know was what creative. you do anyway. So anyway, thoughts on the Liga Pavada, T-52 Flying Pig, Barry Stein. You're a geek. I don't think it aged well. You don't think it aged well? No, I enjoyed them better. Yeah. It's one-dimensional. It is a bit one-dimensional. Yeah, it's kind of sharp. It's hitting my, uh, yep. my palate right in wow. the center. Wow. Yeah. Beating up the T-52. Interesting. Uh, I like 
El Wen Wednesday. Way Wednesday. Way Wednesday. <laughs> El Way Wednesday. Better. You got it written on your paper, I right? No, I was trying to do it without looking, so I was <laughs> going to make myself proud. But that was almost that really work. smooth. That was, <laughs> El Way Wednesday. <laughs> so that's it. Nick, nice. thank you for coming hey, on. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I really appreciate you had fun, it. This is and, great. Uh, thank you for coming up and visiting. Yeah, my pleasure. For us pleasure. getting to know you, and uh, you're a smart guy. I wish you all the luck in the world and continued success. Thank and, you very uh, much. Same to you Watch you rise, man. Thank you. Okay, God next bless. week, Avo is not just a man. He's an attitude. Scott Colosia is the brand manager of Avo Cigars. We're going to light up their new one, Avo Synchro, uh, with him. Until then. You've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. And when you're smoking your Liga Pravada T-52 Flying Pig, keep the lid end out of your mouth. tell you about a fellow named Dave and the fact that I have been buying my cigars from him since 1985 when they first opened up. Two Guys Smoke Shop. Now, Two Guys Smoke Shop have three convenient locations right over the Massachusetts border in tax-free New Hampshire. Now, here's something I bet you didn't know. Two Guys Smoke Shop is America's largest cigar shop and has the largest inventory of cigars anywhere. Wait till you see this place. You're not going to believe it, all right? Now, if you like cigars, you can't find a better place to buy them than at Two Guys Smoke Shop. They're in Salem, New Hampshire, Seabrook, New Hampshire, and their new location in tax-free Nashua, New Hampshire. It is worth the ride. You can call 888-2-CIGAR-2. That's 888-2-CIGAR-2 or on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. The best place to buy cigars anywhere is Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's Stogie Heaven. With a million choices, it's Stogie.